walk into a bar On a cool winter's evening underneath the stars And we'll find somewhere close we don't want to walk far Nor do we want the hassle of You're in the cool rush. I am Damien Gibson, and as always, uh, trying to put me off in the intro, is join- uh, joining me is my co-host, David Griffiths. I thought you were going to call me Joy or something like that. <laughs> Good joining day, Auntie Joy. <laughs> joining me as always is Joy from the Country Women's Association. <laughs> well, Damien, I got us some lovely recipes for you today, and a special guide on how to make your own tea towel from lost dog hair. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought dog hair would have been uh, water... What's the term? It's aquaphobic. That's the, no, that's right. It's aquaphobic, <laughs> indeed. Damien. That's the beauty of it. Oh, excellent. So you can, <laughs> you can dry, attempt to dry your dishes for hours on end. <laughs> it means that your dish, it means that your tea towel is always dry. <laughs> you never have to swap it out for another one. I swear that some of our cleaning polishing cloths, sorry to take things off course so quickly, <laughs> that some of the polishing cloths that we get here are so aquaphobic you just spend all your time just moving water around on the glass. The glasses are actually wetter than they were. <laughs> I don't know how it Somehow works. Somehow they yeah. come out of the, the glass cleaner. You, you polish yeah. them. They're wetter than you got to put them back into the it's glass It's like cleaner. those sort of you know special cloths that Penn and Teller have for their magic tricks. <laughs> and somehow water comes out of the cloth, even though you never poured any water in in the first place. But that wasn't just here. That was the same at Mr. Yep. G's as well. Yep. Like, and it's the same company that we use to wash... Oh, well, we should get, probably not mention them. No, we won't name, we won't name them, but <laughs> suffice it to say, yes, you do seem to deliver us, you know, these... I presume they must treat them with chemicals in the washing process and eventually yeah. the chemicals just build up so much. <laughs> it must be that. Anyway, you're in the cool room with us uh, where we talk all things beer, beer-related... Um, Polishing cloth-related. Polishing cloth. I'm trying to do that intro thing that a trained professional team uh, yes. do, but... We never How's that going this well. week? No, no. Right. No. <laughs> um, so we've got a uh, chat with. Uh, I'm blanking again, David. This happens every time I go to say somebody's Does name. Joel Drysdale. We discussed this before we before we turned on I the microphone. Wrote it down. You on did a sticky note on my on my desktop. <laughs> you did, and you pointed yes, that out to Joel, me. Joel Drysdale from uh, Venom Brewing. We had a really good chat with him. We did, considering the time of the morning. Yep, the lack of the, caffeination in our bodies. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit, obviously. Um, in the meantime, we usually sort of have a chat about where we've been. Mm. I actually went out. You've been somewhere. <clears throat> I actually went out uh, of my apartment <laughs> on <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, I went to Stay Gold in Brunswick um, because I'm an old hipster. Uh, I went and saw the Smith. Isn't there such a thing as an old hipster? Don't you just lapse over from being a hipster into being old? Old, yeah, because you're kind of just wearing the same cloth, like suspenders and a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this, this, I just realised how hipster this story is. I went to Stay Gold in Brunswick to see the Smith Street. It, it band. doesn't get much more <laughs> hipster than that, unless you'd made your own beard wax on the way out out of found oh, objects actually, yeah. in Prince's I Park. Actually, gave me some beard wax that he'd made <laughs> from honey and and <laughs> cucumber. Yeah, that's uh, sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, a couple of mates had some tickets to that. Um, there was a whole. There's been a whole saga with 
the Smith Street Band the last few months, so they haven't oh, played it? for ages. Yes, well, I'm not going to get into that on the podcast, man. Fair if enough. You wanna, no. If you want to read <laughs> about it, there's plenty of articles about it. So if you want to find out what I'm all intrigued. that's about. <laughs> anyway, they hadn't played for ages, so this was their first. It was kind of like a little warm-up home ground show with friends and family and me and Lucas uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, before they go out on tour and stuff again. But um, I hadn't really been to Stay Gold before the it's on the corner of Sydney Road and Union. I should know this. Union Road. Mate. Union Road. I is think it? it is. I get because I get Union Road and Ascot Vale mixed up with others yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, right near Jewel Station. But the venue that Stay Gold have moved into, I reckon it's been five or six different things mm. in the twenty odd years that I've been loitering around Brunswick. Having said that, that's still not a bad. If, the, if each one of them is lasting four years, in modern terms, that's not too that's bad. That's not or- bad, huh? But I think it's been like a cocktail bar, and you were saying you thought it was like a, a make-your-own-beer? I think the make your, now that I think about it, I think the make-your-own-beer place was over the road hmm. in what eventually became a pokies place or something else. Oh, Does I that know, sound yeah, right? Yeah, I know the place you're talking about. Um, but anyway, these guys are, uh, have a very clear directive of like they are a rock and roll bar. Um and they do burgers and, and stuff like that. Oh, actually, that's not true. They do burgers, but then there was a whole bunch of, you know, that kind of American cuisine. Mm. Things with thing. sauces. Yeah, lots of sauces. Lots of sort of barbecue. Mm. Barbecue sauce. We've got to wrestling. That's exactly right. We're, we're the only two people giggling at this one, but we, we love you, JR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they've done a really good job of it. Like, um, there's a few pretty good venues in Brunswick, but this is so close to the city. It's essentially the first tram stop mm. once you get across Victoria Street and stuff. Um, the venue was the the space itself is really good. Um, the the sounds like they haven't skimped down on the sound system. Like the sound was fantastic. Um, there's two bars in the band room. Which I really liked. There's a bar on one wall and a bar. You on You get to the start other playing wall. bass again. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Well, it just means that it cuts the crowd in half, mm. so you don't have like these massive queues for beer, which is mm. sneaking other- out into the middle of a dance floor or related. Yeah, thing. which is the other half of the reason why people are there. Mm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I really, and they've got some uh, good beers on tap. I didn't actually drink on Thursday night, so I didn't have any myself, but. Uh, the mates you I can was see them in the were, distance. Well, the mates I was with were partaking. They seemed quite happy. Um, so I saw some Moondog taps and stuff like that, but didn't. it was pretty packed because it was Smith Street Band, so I didn't get a chance to go over and have a chat to the bartender while he was busily, excuse me, sir, uh, Damien from the Cool Room Podcast. Uh, just wanted to have a quick chat to you about which craft beers you're pouring this good evening. <laughs> We so, should do that. We we should we should knock out our teeth ourselves before we go and do this, no. just to make life easier. Yeah, there are a couple of very busy, very grumpy looking bartenders behind the bar, mm. so I don't think approaching them about that in the just before a Smith Street set. No, was I think the right that's... time to speak to them. <laughs> but anyway, um, I know they have a whole bunch of comedy. A couple of uh, Lee Quirben, uh past guest, uh, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Genuinely, we can say that. Um, uh, MCs a few. Open mic nights uh, at the same venue and stuff like mm. that. So, if you're in Brunswick and you're around the corner of Sydney Road, and this is not a paid advertisement, I just really like the venue. <laughs> um, yeah, heaps of bands, heaps of comedy, good food, um, 
good beer and you'll most likely see me and my big, tall, bald friend Lucas in there from time to time. So if you see <laughs> just, us, feel, just, just go out this week and find someone who's tall and bald and, <laughs> and just go up and start talking to them as if you know them. Well, there are – like I noticed that the other night. He was the only person – everybody else had slicked back high and tight haircuts. Uh, as with, is the fashion. With little sort of Bill Murray – you know those little Bill Murray from the Life Aquatic beans? Oh, yes, the, the small beanie. The beanie <laughs> that you're... And a moustache. That's the look. Right at the moment. Yeah. See, so, I'm so off message as I sit here in my jumper with a duck on it. <laughs> well, I was wearing a T-shirt with the Muppets on it. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> with my beer gut yeah, predominantly. But, you know, both, ir- both ironically it. and not ironically. <laughs> not ironically <laughs> at all. You, pa- you pass through irony into another <laughs> hole. Um, yeah, so Lucas and I didn't look like everybody else. A couple of kids were doing their own thing. But anyway, that was heaps of fun. So if someone says, hey, we should go to Stay Gold. It'll Say be, yes. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, I haven't been anywhere at the moment, so I'm mm. jealous of your going out and about stories. We had the, we, uh, had the uh, Christmas in July Brewdog event on Friday night. We did. We've had a few big events like this. We had a couple of festival hall gigs last week, including The Streets, which was yeah. talk about, you know, not grumpy bartenders, but bartenders who didn't have time to stop and chat about, mm. uh, you know, miscellaneous <laughs> interesting podcast questions. Mm. That was one of those kind of nights. We had the Golden Ale event the night after that. Mm. And then, yeah, Brewdog Christmas in midwinter last night, so or Friday night. That sort of day of best of times and blurst of times. <laughs> I think I was I think I was at the pub at five o'clock in the morning, literally cleaning the cool room floors. It was one of those kind of mornings. It was just like if we're gonna get everything done before people roll up tonight. We're starting at five, so this that, was on Friday morning. This was on Friday morning. You, you'll get a, you'll get a hint of this in the uh, interview that we do with Joel, where I'm just sort of quietly sitting in the corner thinking about oh, now before everyone turns up, I've got to polish this many bits of cutlery. Oh, jeez, oh, so where are these chairs going? I've got no idea where those chairs are going to come from. And so the insight, because we, I mean, we're meant to give insights on running the pub as well. I didn't realise that. I thought mm. you'd just come straight. No, she sent I'd... me a message like, oh, I've just left the pub for a minute. And I was like, left the pub? Yeah, I had, to go, I had to go home. moved into the pub? What is going on? I had to go home and take Blake to school and then this is all good. It's a, this is a happy story because it ends up with drinking lots of amazing brew dog beers mm. at the end of the night. So, but you were genuinely here at that time. Yeah, I was genuinely here at that I time. I thought I heard someone down there and then I was just like, oh, you're being paranoid. <laughs> so now <laughs> what you're telling me is, is you, that when you, you hear you, those noises. There is someone down there. <laughs> oh, I assumed it would have been you if it was what other kind of What other kind of loon would be wandering around with a vacuum cleaner at five o'clock in the morning? So oh, I didn't that man with the vacuum cleaner fetishes here again. <laughs> Just breaks in and vacuums, and then that's how he gets his jollies, and then he leaves again. West Melbourne vacuumer. He's broken in again. He's left his calling card of a very clean carpet. It couldn't even be a ghost, a man, you know, who was strangled by a vacuum cleaner at some stage in the past. Now just comes in and vacuums. Yeah, by his wife, who was just always asking him to vacuum the floor. He never did, and then she strangled him to death with their own vacuum cleaner. There is a touch of David who comes in and vacuums the pub but never vacuums at home about that story. Yeah, let's not give Jen any ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. But then it ended up being... It was an awesome night. You know, we, we had all of our Scottish food and some amazing beers and I think we had about 35 people and it was one of those ones where everyone who came 
knew exactly why they were there yeah. and really got into the spirit of it, bought beers and shared beers with people. Some of those, nice. you know, $90 Ari or double bastard in the rye and then sort of shared oh, it with nice. 10 people he'd never met before type of thing. Right. Um, so it had one of those really nice feels about yeah. the night. Those nights where it's like, oh, this is why beer is mm. amazing because it brings it genuinely brings people together and, yeah. Yeah, I sort of, you know, other people collect beers or stamps or coasters or whatever else. Mm. I collect people who like beer. And so <laughs> this was sort of my opportunity to revel in my collection of lots of new friends, lots of people, you yeah. know, who a year ago we wouldn't have known who yeah, came exactly. down and enjoyed these amazing beers, some of which we'd been cellaring for two or three years, even yeah. before we had a pub. Even yeah. before we had a liquor license to buy wholesale <laughs> beer, but perhaps that's a story best not told. Yeah, well, I'm studying a degree at the moment, so if you come into these events, I actually got a couple of messages saying, "Why are you not here?" Um, I'm doing, I'm working full time and also doing a degree. So it's um, I, the fact that we even record podcasts at the moment is remarkable. It's pretty amazing, <laughs> like between how busy you are and my schedule. I'm very proud yeah. of us for doing this, David. Yeah, no, no, no. And <laughs> but if you come to an event and I'm not here, that's well, that'll be why because I'll be upstairs locked in your garage. Yeah, <laughs> basically I'll with be your Zellum and with headphones on, listening to study playlists on Spotify, which just seems to be piano music, weird piano music. Anyway, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I apologise for not being there because I would much prefer to be hanging out with you guys than. Writing essays about restorative justice, but that's... Uh, yeah, it's an important topic. Someone needs to be is. writing about it. it. <laughs> True. Well, we've got a few more for you to not attend in coming, <laughs> yeah, coming I'm months. I'm looking forward to not so, attending these ones. <laughs> um, so the next one that looms on the horizon, unbelievably, is the first anniversary of the Royal Mail. Obviously, the Royal Mail's been here for much longer than that, but that's the anniversary <laughs> of... No, no history of before the, yeah, we moved in. Year zero. <laughs> Um, so we're going to do a beery high tea for that event. So we've teamed up with the people from Deeds, formerly Quiet Deeds Brewing, mm -hmm. where Damien, you and I, I think are going to be heading out in the next week or so to record with them. Mm. Um, so some amazing sort of high tea style beers like a double Lamington ale with raspberry Ooh. and some other things that I can't, I think, publicly talk about quite yet, but right. they'll be paired up with... Uh, various little tidbits of food. No need to book. Just come down on Saturday, the 24th of August, mm -hmm. and have some amazing beers paired with some amazing foods. Tad, who did a fantastic job on Friday with the Scottish stuff, has yeah. been working away insanely on some amazing food for that. Uh, grand final day, being the kind of perverse people we are, we're going with Vietnamese theme. <laughs> And we're going to have a... I'm only learning about this theme right now with you guys. <laughs> uh, so Moondog's Ban Migeddon, which is a Ban Mi beer that they produce. Yeah. We're going to have that on tap and just, you know, there'll be all of the usual bits and pieces you'd expect on an Aussie Grand Final Day, but lots yeah. of sort of Vietnamese sort of street food type snacks right through that weekend, Thursday yeah, night, wow. Friday, public holiday, Saturday, NRL Sunday. Um Grand Vietnamese Final Weekend thing. is a celebration of Australian culture, and Vietnam is a Vietnamese culture is a massive part of that. Absolutely, so and it just seemed like a fun, take a fun that different right thing. Wing trolls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one that we can perhaps just start to hint at at the moment uh, is when Metallica hits Marvel Stadium yeah, in man. October. Uh, 
we're going to have our some kind of monster. Uh, no, our kind of monster. Our sorry, sorry, of Lars. No, oh, oh God, no, no it's Napster all over again. I, yeah, that's right. We're only just starting. <laughs> people are only just starting to listen to this podcast <laughs> properly. It's going to be shut yeah, down. Yeah. This is Napster all over it's again. It's just totally Napster. <laughs> it's our Napster moment. Um, but we're going to get and uh, do some brewing with Kaiju for some exclusive yeah, beers. Uh, theme of black. We're going to have a black dinner on the Friday where all of the food will be squid inks and nice. charcoals and various other bits and pieces. <laughs> it's going to be probably the nuts, nutsest event that we've done yet. And that, yeah. having just spoken about <laughs> Vietnamese grand final weekend, uh, that's quite a statement. So True. go to all, go to all the Royal Mail social medias and you'll find out about all of that yeah, as we go so along. At Cool Room Podcast is Facebook and Instagram. Um, for the podcast, yes. For us, yes. yes. Uh, and the, there's obviously the Royal Mail. Uh, are the in, is the social mail as the social media? Is it Royal Mail? No, 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 the so, no, 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 no. That would be far too simple. So each of the social medias has a different name. So I inherited all of those. So I think, for uh, instance, the Twitter is the Royal Mail on Spence and things like that. But anyway, right. you'll be able to. You'll find us. Yeah, you'll find us. And if you <laughs> even if you find the cool room ones, there's usually a bit of crossover of exactly some of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So. Um, Yes, and the the email address is uh, coolroompodcast at gmail dot com. So, if you want to like, uh, if you're a brewer or um, you've got a suggestion of someone that Polishing you think we should speak to <laughs> that doesn't just move water around the glass, <laughs> that'd be good. David would be interested in talking to you. <laughs> um, uh, anything like that. I mean, we're not bereft of ideas at the moment. There are plenty of people that, like, we've got so many interviews lined up, it's not funny. I feel like Not at least a bit funny. No, it's, we've, there's a lot. So we've got a lot of content for you guys coming up. But if there's anything that you, like, if you feel like we've missed someone or... Yeah, even uh, if you've got some questions that you might want to ask us for the one-year anniversary of the podcast, which is sort of coming yeah. up. Yeah, we either should do about, that, actually. You know, That's not a bad idea. Either about the pub or but uh, was, you know, or even just the podcast itself, because mm. some people are more fascinated by the podcasting process than they are than the pouring beer the into a glass process. Every time we, like, you know, they see the little studio, they're like, gee, this is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, you've... <laughs> you've, you've got more than one microphone. Yeah, this is a real. This is real equipment. We thought you were just going to have a couple of tins and a piece <laughs> of string. <laughs> well, we did do that for a few episodes. Yeah, that's true. That's when we started. That's the. <clears throat> um, all I was going to say is we're, we're starting to. Um, you'll hear. Uh, well, we had a conversation the other day about how we have no listeners in Western Australia. And I checked the stats this morning, and now we have listeners in Western Australia. That's a so. <laughs> uh, it's not like I'm married to Scarlett Johansson. I'm just hoping that will happen in the next couple of days. All I'm going to do is put it out into the universe. <laughs> it's not like I run a pub that's making a profit. <laughs> All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> you know, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> big money, big money, big money. Um, so... Uh, anyway, our listenership is growing uh, in America and in, in other states of Australia. And so if there's... Italy. Uh, not Italy yet, but England, uh, Germany, Japan, India. So India. I knew it was something that started with I. <laughs> um, so uh, everything's... I mean, obviously, we're in Melbourne, so everything's been quite Melbourne-centric. But I am sort of uh, experimenting with a few different programs to be able to interview people Mm. aren't in Melbourne. So, um, if you've got some ideas for Sydney brewers or Brisbane brewers or Perth brewers. Or Indian whoever, brewers. Indian brewers, for sure. Um, I would say they'd make a good IPA in India. 
Oh, that's a controversial thought. <laughs> well, you'd think so, right? No? Well, I think the IPA was designed to be made in England and shipped to India, wasn't it? But it could be done well, the that's other right, way that's around. Right. So right? we, we want to hear from people in England <laughs> who, had, who are drinking good Indian uh, brewed beers. Yes. That are then shipped on wooden boats <laughs> that take six months to get over there. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so if you're that person, give us a call. Yeah, that was a roundabout way of me getting to the point of saying thank you for... Uh, so let us know if there's anyone you want us to speak to. Uh, speaking of people that we've spoken to, the Jane episode from uh, Two Birds um, has been downloaded a lot Absolutely. in a short amount of time. So um, thank you. And tell more people about that and all that sort of thing. But I think we should probably get to the... Let's get to Joel. Let's hear his controversial thoughts. Alright, we're joined by uh, Joel Drysdale from uh, Venom uh, Brewing. Good. Thanks for joining us. And also David, as always. Yeah, as I always. Was a, <laughs> I, was, I was getting to you, David. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. We have some, I keep calling them traditional questions, but I don't know if 15 episodes of a podcast constitutes traditional. It's but anyway, a year, Dan, though. Almost a year. <laughs> uh, so, the first question we always ask all of the guests that uh, come onto the podcast is, where and when did you have your first beer Ooh. or drink? We're kind of looking more for like drunken shenanigans rather than a thimble of beer on a hot day. I don't remember a lot of the shenanigans. But <laughs> <laughs> look, I actually uh, I grew up in a pub, so my dad's had pubs since I was about six, seven years old. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've probably had it quite young. Let's be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> back in those days, it was uh, legal for your uh, your son or daughter to work uh, behind the bar at any age, as long as you're the son or daughter of the licensee. So I started. Uh, Bar is that true? At 14, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or is that just yeah. what your dad told you? No, way? no, no, that was the law. They changed, I looked into it, they changed it about five or six years ago. <laughs> That's yeah, the so most was, Australian um, law yeah, I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, it was a little loophole, I think. <laughs> Here uh, you go, little tacker, go, and, go <laughs> and pull a couple of pints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tell you, I learned a lot doing that. So, um, yeah, first bar shift at 14. So, uh, as you can imagine, I got exposed pretty early. But um, <laughs> first beer, yeah, well, it would have been in around there somewhere, I think. Uh, yeah. I think it was New Year's Eve, first time we really, I really yeah. had a bit of a dip, um, 2000, the Millennium one. Ah. Um, grew up in a uh, little country town, Mansfield, and oh, yeah. um, we had a big street party, and um, it was quite wild. It was interesting. So, um, yeah, 14 years old and cans of bourbon getting passed around everywhere, and uh, yeah, very uh, very interesting <laughs> days, those. And a small enough town that parents found, find these things out? Or oh, yeah, they, you know, it yeah. was probably not encouraged, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was allowed. <laughs> I think if you run a pub, you know that it's bound to happen. You, you know where it's going to end up. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as you've got an eye on it, you're better off that way mm. rather than having it hidden, in my opinion. so Yeah. yeah. It wasn't hidden in the streets of Mansfield that Certainly night. Certainly wasn't hidden that night. That was a, that was a very interesting <laughs> night. We better not tell too many stories about that night. But, uh, oh, no, no. Yeah. That's what... That's where all the juice is. Yeah, man. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, the, the best. Oh, no the... one's parents listen to this podcast. No, so no, no, no. I remember Dad run the pub and he had... Uh, this young bloke who was about 18, I reckon, and um, leaned over the bar. We just had the uh, the glass trays all emptied out of glasses and full of cans. Yeah. Um, this kid's leaned over the bar and pinched a rum can and ran out for the door. And the old man's 
he's an ex-policeman and a publican for 25 years and he doesn't muck around. So, you know, he's straight out in the stroke and he's chased this bloke through the crowd. There would have been three or 4,000 people in the stroke. And mm. He's bailed this bloke up. He said, right, where's my can? And the bloke's put it in his pocket. He said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. The old man said, all right, it's right there. Give it to me. Grabs the can. He said, you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> oh, I haven't got any money. I haven't got any money. The old man said, I'll find your money. He grabbed him by the ankles, turned him upside down, <laughs> shook him, shook him, shook him, shook him. He's got money and stuff flying out everywhere. <laughs> so a couple of the young blokes' mates have seen this, and they, you know, little eighteen-year-old upstarts thought to get in, have a go, and whack, and it's on anyway. So we had a few regulars seen it, and they've mm-hmm. jumped in and got into the young blokes. More young blokes jump in, more older blokes, regulars jump in. Yeah. So a hundred blokes punch on the street, <laughs> and my old man's managed to slip out from behind it all. And he's leaned up against a tree and he's opened the can. He sat there and watched it. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yes, that was my... Uh, let's say that, that was the first drink, really. <laughs> I really want to see a cartoon version of that story for oh, some yeah, reason. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Well. Oh, we get some talented listeners. We'll see if we can get that animated. You know, the little animation. We'll put it up on YouTube. Um, what about craft beer? Do you remember the first... Your first... Fro- Foray? That's not a word. I suppose it's <laughs> sort of this time in the morning. <laughs> Depends a little on your definition, I guess. I guess, oh. not, in my opinion, the original, well, not the original craft beer, but the original um, widely known craft beer is Guinness. Um, and we drank a lot of Guinness at the pub. Um, being a snow town, yeah. um, my old man thought one year we'll put Guinness on tap. And I mean, these were the days where you had Carlton yeah. and you had Light. And yeah. that was it. Yep. Yeah, Carlton or Light. <laughs> that was your choices. And um, so we put Guinness on one year and thought, you know, you beauty, the old man bought four kegs and yeah. uh, off we went and uh, couldn't sell it, could not move it to save our oh, lives. Oh, really? So we spent the whole winter drinking all four kegs ourselves, I think. So <laughs> that was about 16. So, um, yeah. That, the one and only yeah. member of the 100 Pints Club <laughs> in uh, Guinness in Mansfield. So that was sort of where I got exposed to the idea of drinking something outside of Carlton, yeah. Melbourne, or you know Vic. Um, then several years down the track, um, I, I'd been overseas and drank a little bit uh, different stuff in England, but came back and we bought Nortons. Uh, we, we're the lease in, at Nortons in Parkville. Mm. Um, I've been there on occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few times, I imagine. Um, but we had, a, we had a line contract there, or a fairly heavy line contract, but yeah. you know, still had a little bit of flexibility, and uh, so we had a bit of the little creature stuff. Obviously, they had the, the agreement with Lion before they got bought. Yeah. Um, well, I think we had stone and wood in the fridge. We had um, mm. our lovely, my lovely, still to this day, very good mate AJ from Two Brothers come in, so yeah. we were drinking a lot of Gypsy Cider and Tacky mm. Pilsner, um, and even the James Squire. Beers mm. which were fantastic in those days when they yeah. still brewed at Malt Shovel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was really my first experience with it. Yeah. Um, and then the actual scene itself, uh, once we, we left Norton's, my dad bought a pub in Tasmania. So uh, he moved down uh, oh, just nice. outside of Hobart. Um, and across the road from the pub was uh, the general sales manager at the time for Moobrew lived. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He was looking for a rep for Victoria, and sort of I ended up with a gig, and uh, that was my real, that was my, my entry to the yeah. industry, I suppose, and right? The, the, the scene, so outside of just purely drinking, so yeah, fair enough. It's a, uh, a long and Tasmanian story, there. Long so. and Tasmanian story, <laughs> and to this day, I still got a very sort of uh, you know good uh, affinity for Tassie, and we sell a lot of beer down Tassie too. It's uh, 
a great place and a great market. Mm. I only went there last week, so it's um, yeah, love the place. Yeah, mm. I was down there last year. Moobrew was everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved some amazing amounts of uh, of beer down there, and, uh, and and plenty now on the mainland too. Again, and yeah, it's good to see it doing well. I mean, as all of us can probably attest to through different things, like running a pub is not as fun as it sounds, or mm. you, like you know, before you get involved in it. But owning a pub in Tasmania sounds very romantic to me. It's like Open I'm, I'm selling up, I'm going to Tassie, yeah. and I'm opening a pub. It's like that's the Australian dream, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good market, and people love going out, and people love going to the pub, and the social scene is yeah. still great down there. Yeah. And uh, I feel in uh, in Melbourne, especially, it's sort of we've lost a bit of that. Whereas you know, mm. Tasmania's still got that that um, yeah, I agree. You know, that charm, I suppose, or that uh, that social element. Yeah, mm. I love it down there. Like I went there for the first time last year, and like instantly, like basically as soon as I walked out of the airport in Hobart, I was like. I really love it. It's so beautiful and everyone's so friendly. And You just drive around with a smile on your face, really. Yeah, or, genuinely. Like, I was only there around. for four or five days, but yeah, no, mm. I really, really loved it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so speaking of heading overseas, it's not really <laughs> overseas. That was my last over overseas. Over AC. Yeah. <laughs> that was my last overseas trip. Um, you mentioned that you've been overseas and, and opened your palate up a little bit over there. Where are your favourite places to have a drink oh. outside of... Where Australia. where where can you get a drink? Yeah, <laughs> um, I love the island. Um, yeah. Again, the, back to the Guinness thing. I just loved it. It was mm. you know the, the the old school pubs. I spent a lot of time in England, so um, yeah, really you know, yeah. The, the old pubs there have got a lot of charm and a lot of appeal for me. So that's uh, nearly the ultimate. But um, but it's just great going to different places, seeing different things and different ways of doing things, different styles of beer, different. Mm. Just yeah, yeah it's oh. I wouldn't like to pin down a favourite, but um, but if I had to, you'd probably say there's nothing more romantic than a having a pint of Guinness in an Irish pub or yeah. a, you know, mm. a pint of pint of something in a, in an English pub. So, and that the pubs in the UK and Ireland have that community that community thing that you were talking about in, in Tasmania is very much huge. Like there's one basically on mm. the corner of every block, and that's your pub, and that's you just know everybody that mm. lives around that area because you know. And I'm sort of going back 10 years. It's been 10 years since I've been there. But, I mean, it was, um, yeah, people went there five nights a week. It was, yeah, yeah instead mm. of going home, watch your TV and sitting in your lounge room. and uh, Yeah, people went you go past the pub. the pub. Yeah, you go have two yeah. or three pints with your mates at the pub and then you go home. It's great. It's yeah, awesome. it was a pretty amazing culture because I hadn't come from that at mm. all in Melbourne and then went to London, was there for a little bit. And that I found kind of amazing. It was a good way, as an Australian, not knowing anyone besides you know, my couple of mates who I'd gone over there with. To just meet people, like yeah, yeah it's very right. different to sort of city Melbourne type. Oh, a hundred percent. Where you yeah. can walk into the same pub five times in a week and not actually see the same and people, not talk to and, anybody mm, except yeah. your who you know. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. But it was like in a city the size of London for that to be happening was amazing. Like that was still happening anyway. Yeah. Um, so the next question uh, is, but based around the name of the podcast. What is the strangest or funniest thing you've seen or had happen to you in a cool room? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's most that's people's, most people's response. Yeah, that's a <laughs> strangest. Everyone says they don't have a, a story and then they think of one and oh, it's always, always hilarious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember multiple times being covered with beer in uh, English cool rooms in, in the cellars. Hey, this uh, week. I, I got a yeah. lovely experience of sort of last week's, you know, beer runoff bucket 
you know, washing oh, over me in the yeah. first hour of this week's shift. And oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'd, I oh, said really? some really choice words at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, more so the traditional English casks. I mean, tapping mm. those, you, you literally tap them with a, uh, a mallet and a, uh, and a spike. And uh, if you don't leave them long enough, they shoot back at you. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was very, uh, you know... You learn how to do experience. it pretty quickly. Still got a watch at home somewhere that's, uh, you know, you can sort of turn the, the, the face around. It, it doesn't turn anymore. It's full of yeast. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I kept it, but it did. But um, funny experiences, yeah. No, that's, you know, that's probably, yeah. Nothing in the old man's pool room or... Oh, you know. there's probably, no, no, yeah, probably nothing we could say on a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, say no. anything on a podcast. Yeah. There's yeah. no rules or regulations <laughs> for podcasts, man. <laughs> You're not on radio. We can say yeah. whatever the hell we want. There's plenty of great stories, not heaps in a cool room. But, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you've had a lot of different jobs in, in hospitality. What led you to starting your own brewery? Look, I'd been repping for four years for two other breweries. Hmm. Um, and I just saw a hole in the market. I think it was the right time. Um, I definitely wouldn't do it now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's know, very few gaps in the market very days. few gaps in the market now so look, we were lucky I think it was at the time I mean obviously we launched with a golden ale um, and we really mm. stuck with that product mm. for a good 12 or 18 months before we went out and launched more mm. um, but it's a flavorful, flavorful hoppy front palate light simple flavorful but light and simple beer yeah. and I mean outside of maybe Stone and Wood Pacific Ale at the time I didn't think there was a lot out there hitting the mark, mm. and um, we yeah, well, we launched with it, and we went hard at it, and, um, and here we are today. So we had Jane from Two Birds on yeah, last week. Just, you know, I did hear that. Of... I didn't uh, hear the podcast unfortunately yet, but uh, we'll get so, to that I mean, later. They're, they're finishing up their uh, golden ale. Mm. So I guess what what do you sort of see as the future of that style? Is it worth oh. pursuing? They've obviously made a call that. For them, it's not at the moment. I don't think there's any reason not to. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's been a lot of bad press about it, and a lot of people have gone off it. I mean, um, without talking too much out of school, we've had it in first choice hmm. um, for the last just on two years, I think, and they've decided to pull it for the pure fact that they don't think they can sell gold nail anymore. Mm, um, they've right. cut all their gold nail range right back to the Coles house brands. Even James Squires, which I was surprised about. Yeah, right. Um, and I said, why? And they said, we can't sell Golden Ale. And I just, it's amazing that Golden Ale is still our highest selling product. It's still yeah. 50% of what we do. Um, it grows every year. Um, there's a bottle shop around the corner from here that we sent them 18 cases the other day. They yeah. did a special on it. They sold 15 in four days. Yeah. So yeah. if you tell me you can't sell gold nail or our gold nail, oh, it's you know. I'll... I saw a sled being purchased at Park Hill yesterday. Is that, that what you? That'd be the that'd be the place. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the good yeah. people of Park yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're awesome. Through. They're just fantastic. It's so, a big well, city, Melbourne. It's not that big. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> so it's um, yeah. Look, it's uh, like I said, it's still got strong growth. It still moves mm. really well. And you know, I'm not um, I'm not going to get caught up in the stigma of well, the stigma of gold nail. I suppose I'm not sure whether it's a uh, yeah, I'm not sure where all this pushbacks come from. Yeah, I was to just going to ask honest. you that. Where do you think that's... I'd love to know. No, I'd love to know where the negativities come from. Yeah. Well, what I probably think, I mean, maybe in the Two Birds example, quite possibly they've released a few beers not too dissimilar to it. Mm. Um, and it probably, maybe they just lost a little focus on it. It's not, you know, in no way criticism, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're pale, 
is a great. It's they're one of the, their pails, one of the best pails in the market, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's really grown some legs, um, and then obviously Tarco's not too dissimilar to Golden, even Passion Victim in a, in, in another way. Hmm. So maybe it got lost a little bit. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. I think people might have just gone, oh, you've got this now, you've got this now, you've got this now. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of what we're trying to avoid a little bit. I uh, I really just want to stick with our three core for the uh, you know for our main sort of stays and then do big bold seasonals around it that don't conflict with the core range. So maybe that's the mistake people may have made with the style. Maybe it's just, you know, people have got too many other beers going on, too many interesting things, and uh, it's just gone by the wayside a little bit. But, I mean, for us, it's, yeah, still a mainstay. And, hmm. yeah, the more that drop out, the more I smile. So <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was actually just about to raise that point. It's like, well, it's good for you, right? Great. Everyone well, else stops making gold nails. That's right, yeah. Awesome. And it just fits a category really well. It sits really nicely on a tap bank between a lager and a pale ale. It splits the middle. So... Yep. That's that's where I, I see it. That's where I view it. And uh, everyone that uh, does run it on tap, sort of permanently, it it works perfectly for them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you have it here at the Royal Mail. Well, no, we have the refreshing. So oh, the refreshing. That's Sorry, what I was sort of going to go to right. next in terms of permanently on tap. Yeah, we have the refreshing permanently on tap at the Royal Mail. What's well. the history of of that one? Well, it's an interesting one too. Yeah. So, um, so Dad again. Go. Yeah, we translate a lot of this back to Dad. He's um. Well, he's 50-50 in this business too. So, um, he, uh, but he, he, uh, he held you up by the ankles and yeah, said, you're yeah, going to make no, it with strength for you. I'm going to shake nearly, and shake it. And yeah, strength fell out of your <laughs> pockets. He bought a pub in uh, in Yay, North East Victoria, um, about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, so he's got the Country Club Hotel in Yay. There's another shout out. Um, <laughs> but um, basically he said to me, he said, you know, well, we'll obviously put all the Venoms on tap. And he said, but we need mid-strength. So two years ago. So I said, nah. No way. What a waste of time. I'm not brewing a mid-strength. No, yeah. no thanks. And he was at me. And he was at me. <laughs> Got to brew a mid-strength. It's the country. Everyone wants mid-strength. Got to brew a mid-strength. So, right righto. No, 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 no. So finally, he said to me, um, if you don't brew a mid-strength, I'm going to put Great Northern on tap. And I went, straight to the shed, fired <laughs> up the Brownmeister. Challenge, challenge yeah, accepted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whipped up a recipe in the shed and, yeah, and off we went with it. And uh, we started with a 40-heck um, batch, a 4,000-litre batch, yeah. um, which um, out of Hawkers where we brew is pretty well a no-no. They generally don't uh, let you do small tanks there. It's all got to be full tanks, which is fair enough. And yeah. um, we punched through that quite quickly. We just kegged it and we whipped through it. So we said, all right, we'll, we'll do a proper batch and, uh, and at the time bottle it. Um, and that went really quickly, and the next eight thousand liters went really quickly, and then so we did sixteen thousand liters, and it went really quickly, and uh, all of a sudden it's a mainstay, and um, yeah. yeah, it's it's been a real winner for us. So uh, I think we probably got in it at the right time. I think the category is really starting to grow now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. People are really getting the head around that they can sit down and have five or six beers and really enjoy them, but not be sideways yeah <laughs> and um and it's it's good it's a great thing and yeah and there wasn't many on the market in terms of craft mid-strengths two or three years ago and i still don't think there is i mean there's a mm. few and a few that come out in bits and spurts but i mean as oh well, what would you say good ones good mainstay ones there's probably not a, still not no. a heap so again it's you know it's been a really good little uh, one for us we can slip in and has and the recipe changed at all over the no time or just basically the look it's it's been touched a little bit generally down hop availability which is pretty well the same with with all their beers with probably with most people with beers a lot of people don't yeah. like telling you that but at the end of the day if you can't get the hops you got to put something else in it so um 
I think we changed one hop in it um, for the life of me. I can't remember which one. Um, but, yeah, not really. No, it's pretty well generally the um, the same recipe as what we brewed on the little Browmeister at home. And, yeah, oh, nice. simple. Kicked on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two malts, two hops, three hops. Three hops. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got it written down simple. somewhere. It's fine. Oh, it's, it's all on a computer, yeah. My, my brain's like a sieve, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> now, you mentioned not being able to get uh, hops and things like that. Everybody sort of thinks, oh, you're starting a brewery. That's the dream job. What mm. are the, some of the difficulties that you've come across? Do your research on hops. Right. Do your research <laughs> yeah. on hops. Um, hop availability is the biggest challenge. If you want to brew consistent beers, if you want to brew beers... Yeah, and especially for the traditionalists that really loathe changing recipes at all mm. or changing, or just work out whether your hops are available long term. Yeah, right. That is the biggest key, and it was the biggest challenge we hit. We, um, with the gold, and we use a lot of Nelson Sorbonne, right? Um, which, what they tell me, a, a New Zealand hop, um, it's got a lot of gooseberry flavour, a little bit white winey. Mm. Um, from what they tell me, it's a real pig of a hop to grow, it's a real pig of a hop to pick. Yeah. So they actually got little thorny bits and pieces on the on the physical hop itself. Right. Um, and it's been very highly sought after. So yeah. um, it's so the, the kind of hop that the Americans swoop down mm, on and straight on. We've yeah, heard exactly lots right. of stories about those Americans oh, coming yeah, they, in. They swoop taking in our hops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think even well, it says it on the bottle. Um, I think they even use it in fat yak. Which I was yeah, surprised right. about. Okay. I don't know how much, but obviously when they're brewing on that sort of scale, it's yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's probably more well, it was very widely used, and then it's sort of backed up a bit, just purely because people couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. And this year, thank thankfully for me, and probably everyone else that wants it, it's uh, it's been a bumper harvest. So oh, nice. It's, you know, uh, it's pretty good again. But yeah, we've scraped and scratched, and we've had to go down the organic route, um, buy buy organic hops, which are. Far more expensive yeah. than mm. obviously just standard, and you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's been really hard work just to secure enough hops to get uh, get the gold nail out there. But um, that that that's probably number one from a beer side. That's your big challenge. Yeah. Um, from a business side, I think it's purely it's competition. Mm. Oh, it's competition from yeah. the big boys and from other small guys, and it's um, you've really got to be on point these days, and uh, your product's got to be perfect, your brand's got to be perfect, and your attitude and your uh, you know your sales drive's got to be perfect. It's uh, yeah. how how do you get a message out there in such a crowded knock on market? doors? Yeah, all knocking on doors. I yeah. mean, you can do all the social media you like. You can uh, make as many phone calls and email outs as you like, but nothing beats knocking on on doors and getting yeah. in people's faces and yeah. saying, "Hey, this is me." Mm. Yeah. Let's have a beer. You're a, reg- <laughs> you're a regular visitor to the front pay here. If you're down here on a Thursday afternoon at the Royal Mail, there's every chance you're running to... I do swing amongst- in for a few beers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as many as I'd like, mind you. Yeah. But that would be coming... Like, you know, you, you've got that attitude from the, the repping uh, experience that you've had in the past, obviously. Just, you know, you form those relationships face-to-face and it's going to be a much stronger bond than just messaging someone over Facebook. And, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. So... It's. Um, I think the best business is always face to face. I don't think that'll ever change. Um, I might be a thirty three year old dinosaur in that regard, but um, <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, it's definitely. I, in my opinion, the best way to do business, and uh, hopefully we don't stray too far from that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a new generation coming through now and starting to run bars and run pubs. So mm. uh, adapting with the times is going to be a big key. But um, yeah, that's. Oh, look, you know 
things like that stay tried and true, really. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about some fun things rather than difficulties. We've <laughs> probably covered that. <laughs> uh, so you've produced a few specialty beers lately. Uh, you've just finished off the Hazy Double Golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now what we're really here for is the Honeycomb Chocolate Porter that'll be on tap at the Royal Mail when mm. the podcast comes out. That sounds that sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. <laughs> it's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look, um, I mean, obviously at the moment we've got this big trend of uh, beers tasting like things. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, milkshakes and, oh, geez, all these sort of. There's a lot of dessert ones out there. At the pa- pastries in the next one, yeah. Pastry mm. stouts and oh, wow. wouldn't quite go down that route. I mean, we obviously we call it honeycomb chalk porter. Um, we put a big whack of uh, local honey, Castlemaine uh, farmed honey, uh, in. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've got big sort of chocolate flavors out of the chocolate malt, um, touch of vanilla, but at its base it tastes like a beer. Yeah. It tastes yep. like a porter. It's a porter with a bit of chocolate and honey. It's not a violet crumble. Yeah, like right. a lot of people seem to want, and it's, uh, it's the, <laughs> the most frustrating thing of this is, I mean, if you want something that tastes like a violet crumble, go buy a violet crumble. Yeah, well, fair <laughs> enough. If you want yeah. something that tastes like a chalk mint milkshake, go to your local bloody burger joint and get a chalk mint milkshake. <laughs> you know, if, if you want it to be boozy, put a bit of vodka in it. You know, look, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist in the way that I like my beer to taste like beer. Yeah. Um, so it's a beautiful porter with good honey sweetness and big chocolate notes. That's um, that's the thing behind it. It's not going to be. It's not going to taste like a violet crumble, and we're getting slammed a little bit on Untapped about it. But that's all right. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's been a few, a few one star reviews, and yeah. Do you read yeah. Untapped all that much? Not, 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 not very much. Yeah, no, yeah. No. It just pisses me off generally when I do it, so I try and avoid but, it. Like, I mean, a beer. It doesn't go without Damien's saying. Damien's facial expressions here are fantastic. No, well, it just kind of does. It kind of doesn't. Uh, I'm with you. I don't like. Yeah. You know, it's a beer that's going to have mm. hints of a taste of choc honeycomb, not a choc honeycomb big M. That's right. Like, if you want a choc honeycomb big M, buy yeah. a choc honeycomb big M. <laughs> yeah. It's a porter that's going yeah. to have those overtones of the yep. flavours that are associated with it. Not thank you. No, I agree, I agree man. Like that's, it's, but that's it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter who the brewer is. Like mm. you, you were, you'd go in and that's what you think you would get. Mm. Okay. Not anyway, enough anyway. honeycomb. I think has been. Something that's been said a few times, and again, right. more honeycomb. Black, you can, you can eat some honeycomb. A bag of black and gold honeycomb. This chicken beer that I made <laughs> once, which came back with the judges' comments of not chickeny enough. Not chickeny enough. <laughs> yeah. How chickeny do you want it? It's like short oh, pouring on. a beak out of the, glass, out of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's crazy. Uh, it's, a, it's a funny trend, and um, I, I don't think it'll hold up long term, but. Um, you know, well, we like to dance around the edges of everything, so we want to be on the edge of the trend a little bit without. Really sacrificing yeah, what we believe, and yeah, so um, so yeah, you know, it mightn't be for everyone. If people want their beers to taste like chalk honeycomb, then yeah, it's probably not for you, but that's fine. Mm. But um, yeah, and there's probably there is a little bit to a point, but there's not such a there's no real such thing as a bad beer. It's really your perception on it, yeah, and um, and it's it's your taste and your flavour, and uh, if that's what you enjoy, great. But um, yeah, please don't criticise us because we didn't try and make it taste exactly like chalk honeycomb. It's is yeah. a, a porter with honey and chocolate. Yeah, well, <laughs> everyone's a critic. Yeah. I was a- just going to call it honey chalk porter, but I thought honeycomb sounded better. Yeah. So, and, and at the end of the day, honeycomb 
has that little waxy edge to it. Well, yeah, that's right. When I, when I thought of it, when it, uh, <laughs> when it came in my head a little bit, well, it was, it was going to be a chalk coffee porter, and I started making the label. Yeah. Um, and I found this great little background. Um, I think you guys have seen that the label. It's got that mm. gold sort of honeycomb on it. Yeah. And I laid that in. And I showed my wife, who I call the, the creative director. She's the one that tells me what to do, and I just do it. Um, her, <laughs> she's her visuals are brilliant. She's yeah. really good and responsible for a lot of the the venom stuff. Um, the colours and the visuals and those sort of things. And she said, oh, I didn't know you were making a honeycomb one or a honey porter. I said, oh, that's actually a good idea. We might we might switch this recipe up. We might ditch a coffee here. <laughs> but um, so that was, yeah, that, that was really the, the inspiration for it, just yeah. this, um, this honeycomb background that I, that I found online. And um, so, yeah, it became honeycomb chalk porter yeah, right. and mm. coffee chalk porter. Oh, awesome. But um, yeah, it's amazing how these things can sort of switch pretty quickly and uh, yeah. yeah, quick tweak of the recipe and off we went. <laughs> well, come down in the mail, have a couple of pints yourself and I'm sure it'll be delicious. And tell us what I you haven't think. had it as... And write something nice and untapped. Yeah, yeah go on untapped fine. and, you know... If you don't like it, tell us. It's great. Yeah. Like I said, everyone's got an opinion. And yeah. Yeah. No it's one's the, opinion's wrong. It's the great and not so great part of social media in 2019. Yeah, I've got out, I get off a lot of it now. That's yeah. Mm, I, I've deleted everything off my phone. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> what uh, What else should we be looking for from Venom in the next six twelve months? Oh, we've got a bit coming up. We're finally, um, you know, getting a bit more on the seasonal bandwagon. We've uh, we've got the ability to do it now. Actually, uh, so we do all our core brewing out of out of hawkers mm-hmm. and um, a bit of season we do the black ipa still out of there um gonna work on a few more things with uh, with the hawkers guys but um we're actually been working a little bit over at quiet deeds as well so justin the head brewer there is ex hawkers so yeah, yeah right. very close with as well um so we're due to make a little visit out there in the not too far mm. distant future oh, without previewing things too much mm. but it's it's fantastic out there so uh, and getting better every day they're still in the the building process of the venue itself, um, the, the brew kit's awesome, the people are great. Mm. So uh, they've um, they, they've looked after me a lot. But I, I suppose the reason for going out there a bit more is, is down a smaller batch size. So right. uh, I'm able to do a 2,000 or a 4,000 litre batch out there, whereas at Hawkers it's sort of, it's not, it's harder out there. They want to fill their tanks, of course. Mm. And yeah. so, you know, so I don't want to interfere with that. And um, Yeah, but they're awesome. So not not a criticism of the Hawkers guys. Yeah. They're legends. They look after me like you would never believe. And um, yeah, we love it out there. And um, yeah, um, but yeah, but Deeds is um, is sort of where we're going to do a few more seasonals in the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, next month we will be doing a. I'm calling it the West Bendigo IPA, West Coast IPA. Oh, so yeah. uh, for Bendigo and the Hop Festival, <laughs> let's say you heard West it here Bendigo first. West Bendigo Stadium, where I yeah. spent much of my youth watching go. the Bendigo Braves. Yeah. <laughs> This is, just, this is all true. I'll have to get it on. <laughs> yeah, so just doing a 2,000 litre batch for that for uh, for the On The Hop Festival, uh, collaborating with a couple of venues up there, Hop Supply Company and Handlebar. Um, and uh, that should go really well. That's uh, that's actually a uh, an old homebrew recipe from a mate of mine, the guy that's uh, designed the Golden Ale recipe. So mm. he's a Bendigo boy as well. It's a nice little, uh, you know, put together and uh, we're, uh, we're pushing pretty hard. He's actually a farmer. Um, these days, right? Um, we're pushing pretty hard, whether we get there in the end or not, with this beer. But we're going to use some barley off his farm. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Send it across as a uh, a malt house over in Ballarat, House of Malt. Um, so hopefully we can uh, get some of that over the line, and um, yeah, use some Bendigo malt in a Bendigo beer, and yeah, really push it. It's not great. Bendigo yeast though. 
Not so Bendigo yeast, yeah. no. <laughs> you don't want Bendigo yeast. <laughs> Depends where you're sourcing it from, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Bendigo. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, I think we can pretty much wrap it up there, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thanks, thanks for having me. me. Thank you for the Appreciate early it. morning. That's yes. What it's all about. Sorry yeah. about the early morning. No, it's all good. No, no, the kids got me up early this morning, so it, uh, it worked out pretty good. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks my thoughts are my own Walking around the corner of Bobby's inside Up there on the left, just past those lights We've been there before, yeah, that place is alright Let's pull up a stool and settle in for I told you that was a good chat <laughs> You did, you were very enthusiastic yeah. about it <laughs> Well, yeah, it was Rightly so Especially for that time in the morning and Like, yeah. uh, now, that I can, now that I've listened to you <laughs> The background of your story, I can hear that you had been up for a couple of hours. And then Joel and I went out and stood on the street and spoke about the world for half an hour or so. That was a good conversation as well, but don't worry, oh. Joel, I won't be sharing those thoughts with the world. <laughs> well, I kind of liked how uh, forthright he was with uh, with some things, you know, like uh, people jumping off the uh, golden owl sort of bandwagon, that he will not be doing that anytime soon. And um, it was good. He had Absolutely. forthright opinions, and that's what we... We well, encourage that. Pretty boring podcast if everyone had the same thought process about beer and stuff. Yeah, lots of good learnings there for people who sort of wonder how you transfer from a normal life doing other things into a life of running a brewery or a pub and things as well. So, mm. um, yeah, so that's pretty much us done. I just quickly on the socials again uh, at Cool Room Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, coolroompodcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. Rate um, and review us. Rate and review. Yeah, so we've still somehow magically got a five-star review on iTunes, which I'm very proud. I'm actually genuinely proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think most um, people probably don't listen far enough into the podcast to hear the thing about rating and reviewing. So <laughs> it's, it's a bit true. self-selecting. We're never going to put that true. right we up the very front. We should probably do this before the interview because... No, that'll just encourage them to... <laughs> um, but you're obviously already doing that because more people are listening and there's a bigger retention rate and all that kind of thing. So thank you. But if you could do more of that, that We'd would love be you. great. Um, because that means we can get even bigger guests on and all that kind of thing. You know how it works. You listen to podcasts. Everyone says the same thing. Um, but yeah, maybe you could push us into the iTunes algorithm where we end up on the iTunes front page. Who knows? Someone I was talking to the other night said that they'd entered us in, they'd been doing a online survey of favourite podcasts and so forth, and we weren't an option, but they'd added us. So that was very flattering. Oh, that's super nice. Do we kind know? of insane. So, but, you know, very flattering that someone that's was doing really that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, oh, that's oh, I'm really touched by that. Thank you. Um, but more of that. Yes. People. <laughs> Minions, do my bidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you're already doing it, but if you do more of it, that'd be great. Um, should we mention the other podcasts? No. Wrestling podcast. Oh, There's a wrestling podcast called 15 Minutes of Doom if you want to check that out. But I understand that most people won't by the listening figures, so it's probably pointless. <laughs> but anyway. When we did one a couple of months ago, it was good fun. It was, yeah, we don't we do not do it often, that often enough. But anyway, there will be a new episode of that before the end of the year, I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> That's a big call. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. That's okay, mate. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you, David, for listening and talking. And thank you, listeners, for listening. And uh, we'll be back very soon with a new episode of the friends, I hope they love me too. And sometimes there is nothing better to do than to go out and get
get stuck into a few I'm gonna spend my time with a good friend like you